Good morning. Today is Monday, November 21st, 2022. We experience so much of Yitzchak's life, Isaac, the son of Abraham. Most of this week's Torah portion is concerned with the life of Yitzchak. And we experience so much of Yitzchak's life in passive terms. As a child, he is bullied by Yishmael, and Yishmael is sent away because of that. He is offered as an offering at the Akedah, and literally, he is bound and placed on the altar by his father, Avraham, passive. In our Torah portion of Toldos, he is deceived by his wife Rivka and his son Yaakov to not give the bracha, the blessing to his firstborn Esav. So again, it's what's happening to him. And then, by the end of the portion, both of his sons have left him. And by the end of the parsha, he and his wife are alone. Even the very opening of our portion supports this. Ve'ele toldos Yitzchak. Now those three words seem to imply these are the generations of Yitzchak. That seems to be telling us that what the Torah is going to tell us is what Yitzchak did, what he created, who he was. And yet, that Pusik itself concludes with what happened to him. What are the generations of Yitzchak? Avraham holid as Yitzchak. He was born to Yitzchak, to Avraham, his father. Leaving aside why the Torah needs to tell us that he is born to Avraham, his father. But at the very moment where you think you're going to see some type of action on the part of Yitzchak, what we know about him is that Again, passive, he was born to his father Avram. The Medrash, the rabbis and our Medrash, actually put this in a visible form. They say that Yitzchak physically resembled Avraham. They looked identical to a stranger. So Yitzchak, in addition to not having actions and not creating or building, just being acted upon, he did not even have a distinct, distinguishable appearance. And because of this, we might make the mistake of thinking Yitzchak's life is primarily the life of a recipient, a passive life, life as an object, not as a subject. It would be a terrible mistake to think this. And we would miss the profound impact of Yitzchak's actions, the actions, the the impact that he had on the life of his family and on the character of the Jewish people till this day. I will show you especially today, which I'll try to demonstrate a little bit later. The insight into his true character and his unique greatness 
can be derived from a single passage in our Parsha. It is a passage that is often overlooked, in which Yitzchak is exclusively active. It's chapter number 26, and this passage holds the key to a full appreciation of Yitzchak's life. And there was a famine in the land. That's not unusual. It happened during the time of Avraham and Sarah. There was a famine. They left Israel to go to Egypt. It's going to happen later to Yaakov. There will be a famine. Yaakov is going to leave at God's command to go to Egypt. But here, Yitzchak's response is unique. Yitzchak stays in Israel. Now, I don't mean to imply any judgment of Avraham and Yaakov. I would never criticize anyone who leaves Israel. While the commentators differ on whether it was right for Avraham and Sarah to leave, that's a question. But in the case of Yaakov, God himself commanded Yaakov to leave Egypt and to go down to Egypt. I'm sorry, to leave Israel and to go down to Egypt. And it is God in our Torah portion that instructs Yitzchak to remain in Israel. Nonetheless, Yitzchak's life teaches us an unconditional, undying attachment to the land of Israel. He never left. Yitzchak lives his whole life from birth to death exclusively in Israel. Yitzchak is in Israel not only when things are good, peaceful, and plentiful. Yitzchak is there when times are tough, through famine and drought. Yitzchak is there when children are crying, when no hope is visible. Yitzchak alone, among all the patriarchs, never abandons Israel. All three, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, are tested with famine. Only Yitzchak never leaves. Again, I'm certainly not judging anyone who leaves Israel, and I'm not judging these two patriarchs. But clearly, Yitzchak's attachment to Israel is a commitment that is on a different order of magnitude than Avraham and Yaakov, and it is an order of magnitude towards which we need to strive. So how does he do it? The Torah tells us. There was a famine in the land. God appeared to him, to Yitzchak, don't go down to Egypt. Stay in this land which I've told you to stay in. So how does he survive? He digs wells for water. By Yashav Yitzchak, by Yachpar, as Be'eras Hamayim, 
Asher chafru bimei Avraham Aviv. Yitzchak re-dug the wells that his father Avraham had dug earlier because vayasatmum plishtim achrei mos Avraham. After Avraham died, the plishtim, the Philistines, filled up those wells to make them unusable. Keep in mind, in the southern part of Israel, desert, water is life. To take away someone's water is to put them in danger of losing their life. To fill in somebody else's well, that is a serious, serious crime. So Yitzchak reopens the wells that existed before, and he called the names of the wells the same names that Avram had called them. For example, one of the wells that we know is Be'er Sheva, the well where Avraham swore an oath. And he called it the same name. So Yitzchak is active, he's doing something, but he's active in a very specific manner of rebuilding what had existed before, giving the same names as had existed before. Sivan Rahab Meir makes this point. We are obsessed today with what is new, what is wow. And there is a place for that within our spiritual lives. Within our shuls, within our schools, we need innovation and creativity and re-engineering. Yes. And we also need continuity. We also need sustained effort of what has been valuable to us since the beginning of time. We also need the traditions and teachings of our own parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents going back. A few years ago, before Rosh Hashanah, I got a call from a reporter that I know from the Montreal Gazette. As you may know, every year before the high holidays, the paper does some kind of human feature story on the upcoming Jewish high holidays. And this time, the reporter, someone I know, someone I like, she called me, and she said, I'm doing a story on Rosh Hashanah for the Gazette. What are you doing new this year at Adath that I can put in the story? Now, I'm not naive. I understand that newspapers want to publish news that is new, so they're looking for what's new. I understand that. But I said to her, you know, it's a really good question. And the truth is, we are doing some interesting new things this year we've never done before. But I have to tell you, the most important part of what we'll be doing is what has worked well in the past. We will be praying with sincerity to God. We will be gathering as a community and reinforcing our connections to each other. We will be pledging about how we're going to support our community this year. We're going to be doing the same stuff because it is relevant. It, it has kept us giving. It has kept us going. 
And it's not only new ideas that are important to us. Yes, new ideas are important to us. But it's also important to us that we do well what we have done every year. It's not going to make the newspaper, but it is certainly the truth. And that's the strength of Yitzchak. And that is what he bequeaths to us, the strength to sustain, the the strength to transmit. And this balance is crucially important in many areas of life, especially in raising children. Rabbi Shaul Berman points out, last names are not Jewish, they're borrowed. Whitman. Whitman is not a Jewish phenomenon. In Judaism, I am called my name, the son of my father. My name is Chaim Zalman, Ben, the son of Moshe. That is my name. My father, my parent, forms my identity. This is the role of parents. The role of parents is to form the identity of their children by giving them, by transmitting to them the truths that they have learned. And one of the most difficult jobs of every parent is on the one hand putting your imprint on your child, transmitting values and lessons and leaving space for them to develop into their own unique person. Mary Oliver wrote a powerful poem. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones knowing your own life depends on it, And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. That balance is complex to achieve. Yitzchak is critical in teaching us his truth through his actions that it is critical, yes, that we create new, original, never seen before or never heard before structures, ideas, concepts, institutions, yes, but all of that must rest on a foundation, a carefully, accurately preserved and transmitted foundation of what we have received from our parents and grandparents and patriarchs and matriarchs. Because if we lose that, God forbid, there is no way to ensure that what we innovate remains genuinely Jewish. We see this throughout history. Avraham and Yaakov were creative. They were innovative. They were revolutionary. Yitzchak was a preserver, a transmitter, a bridge from the present based on the past into the future. And we need both. That is Yitzchak's unique, active contribution as our patriarch to help us preserve and transmit as we grow and become creative and come up with new ideas.
My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing you soon in person.